We're back on the coffee then? Yeah, the oh, last two days good. I've been having some yeah. because it's coming back. Okay, it's, good. It's coming back to me, yeah. Yeah, I'm thankful because uh, I was worried my life was never going to be the same. <laughs> See, and you get that good stuff. I get, I'm a cheapo guy. I, I got some uh, some light roast coffee blends from Aldi. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we got a grinder, though, so I am doing the beans. There you go. Good. Keeping it fresh. And for the yeah, pour I, over, I don't have a Chemex. I got this little plastic thing that they sell at Meyer, which is like our Walmart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's, well, I, I use that too. Like mine, it's yeah, it's real small. Yeah, I think I got it at five for five bucks. Yeah. At um, actually at a store called Fred Meyer. <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because it was I was like in a pinch. <clears throat> I think it was one. It was like a winter break or something, mm-hmm. and um, I was home from school, left my Chemex at home, and I was lost or left my Chemex at school. Sorry. And I was lost without it. So I was like, man, what am I going to do? So ran to the store and five bucks and works good, honestly. Oh, so it's, it's making about, about what's, what's up? Oh, I was going to say, it's not about the equipment you use. It's about how you use it. That's powerful. <laughs> Which we are uh, exemplifying right now <laughs> with <Yes>. this setup. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not ideal. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's better than the computer, right? Yeah. Hey, it's working. <clears throat> exactly. You sound good. You sound uh, crisp over there. <laughs> yeah. So let me pull up. Let me pull up our uh, show notes. Ah, <laughs> uh, so to introduce my special guest today, we'll just dive dive right into this episode also i'm going to try to keep my hands out of the video because keep getting feedback that uh i'm very fidgety (laughs) in the videos so i'm always like yeah exactly (laughs) people are like you doing gang signs secretly (laughs) in the bottom of the camera over here (laughs) no i'm just apparently fidgety when i get on camera and i'm talking at the same time so it's tough though i don't know how people you know do this all the time because i got right here i got a light and then got another light right here and then the mic and then the camera and the computer it's just it's a lot of pressure but anyway keeping the hands out of the frame but uh excited to introduce my special guest who many people probably know world renowned uh (laughs) apostle of the lord (laughs) and uh great great friend of mine uh mr justin peterson from uh where are you from justin michigan grand rapids michigan yeah michigan grand rapids <laughs> michigan Mich- i don't know how to say it <laughs> i'm gonna accidentally say say something i shouldn't say but uh mitch michigan yes Michwagon. grand rapids that's what that's where all the uh that's where all the uh books are published right yep all the good stuff. That's cool. where Z- uh, Zondervan's based out of Grand Rapids. Oh, nice. So when are you gonna when are you gonna publish a book? <sighs> well, whenever the Lord commissions it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> when he commissions it, that's funny because um, you know we're both. I mean, you more than me, but kind of connected with um, Brother Dobbs, and uh, it just came to my mind right now how he he did the. Uh, his whole Bible project where he translated all the, uh, what was it? The proper nouns, mm-hmm. every proper noun in the scripture. And I'm sure you've heard the story where all his books got eaten by yes, termites. Yeah, man. I, like a couple, it was like a hundred, something like a hundred thousand dollars or something worth of books that were just eaten. So it that'd was be, a lot. He that'd be pretty humbling. <laughs> yeah, that's. I remember he ministered, ministered about that uh, in in a service he was at here. And I was like, man, talk about humbling. But I think it was a I think it was a sermon of his that you sent to me. It might have been that one where oh, yeah. I actually learned about that. I don't remember him ever talking about that when I went there. It might not have even happened yet. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. But <clears throat> I know the it was the word to find research study Bible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he. It was out when we were there. In fact, I think it had just come out because I remember him uh, 
offering a special price to church members. Yeah. Um, but then it nice. was for a limited time, right? So I think that was like shortly after it had finished being published. Yeah. It was limited because they got eaten. <laughs> Man, that's sad. Yeah, thankfully, actually, um, my dad, he, he when the first time he heard Brother Dobbs talk about the Bible, he jumped on Amazon mm-hmm. and he found one. There was, there was like one, one left on there. And so we actually, I think it's because... I think he did Old Testament one too, but we have the uh, the New Testament one, so nice. we got lucky, got one of the survivors. I've got I've got one of them. It's it's a portion of the Old Testament. It was the first. I think it's from Genesis to Second Kings or something like that. I'll have to look at it, but okay. I've used it in my Bible study and things. Too, if I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder about. There's some really insightful notes in there and things. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so so for uh, everyone who doesn't know, um, me and Justin, we became friends at uh, Christian Life College back in, when would that have been? Probably 2018, I think, 2017, maybe. But I know we like really became friends more so probably 2018, but we knew each other for a little bit before that. But um, <laughs> we were talking, uh, I think, yesterday about uh about the whole coffee our coffee connection <laughs> and how what would you you said something about um uh, what'd you say i don't want to put words in your mouth now about me I, I think you said like me introducing you to it or how'd you say it oh yes so this is <clears throat> i think most people are familiar with the term coffee snob people that um <laughs> Have a uh, have a taste for high quality coffee. Yeah, uh, I, I told you because you were telling me about your woes, your coffee woes. How you, you yes. had lost your taste for it for a while, and I said, "Man, yeah. I feel I feel betrayed because you're the one that turned me into a coffee snob to begin with. You made me like this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely some good memories of. Uh, well, when we because when we really started um, by getting close and and. Uh, you know, flowing, <laughs> flowing together, uh, kind of the term we coined for it. Uh, but when that happened, uh, I think you were, you, you know, you were starting to get into it. And so then you would come through, you know, this is what we were talking about the other day, how you'd, you'd come through my room and I'd either happen to be making coffee or, uh, or you'd come through and, and be like, so <laughs> want some coffee? <laughs> And I'd always, you know, and then it got to the point where I knew like, okay, you know, Justin comes through and I didn't think it was like you were coming through cause you wanted coffee. Like I, th- I believed you were, you know, in the flow, but that was part of the flow right. <laughs> was brewing up some, brewing up some fresh coffee. So, oh yes, that was good times. Good times. Very good times. I remember, um, well, that's like someone even told me the other day uh, how they say it. I, I should look it up so I don't misquote them. But someone told me the other day something about uh, passing on my coffee mantle or something. Or no, they said they said you were a pillar for coffee at CLC. <laughs> a pillar for coffee. No, was like, really? Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully I encouraged uh, – some other things too but <laughs> i think you did <laughs> yeah yeah hope, hopefully you but. encourage more than one type of flow yeah there you go hot coffee bean flow spiritual flow there's a lot of good things i think you i think oh, you yeah. had a lot of very positive influences on, on <laughs> well thank you hopefully yeah uh, yeah hopefully you're not the only one <laughs> but hey i mean still positive influence getting people hooked on coffee i guess <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Yeah, it depends. Whether we want to consider that an addiction or uh, a necessity, that's that's another conversation. I consider it a passion. There you go. <laughs> passion is necessary. <laughs> so I get kind of to jump in to uh, our episode. Not really topic. We don't really have a topic. Well, we sort of do, uh, which... We'll see if we get to, but uh, we were talking a couple of days ago, and I didn't realize, uh, I don't think I realized, maybe I did and just forgot, but how how that you had 
kind of recently come to the Lord uh, before, like right before you came to uh, Bible college, if if I remember right. So I was just wondering if you would, if you'd be willing to sort of talk about that, talk about your uh, experience coming to the Lord and then how he led you to, to Bible college or what that looked like. Well, um, how far back do you want me to go? The whole testimony? <laughs> it's up to you. I mean, take a couple minutes. Um, well, um, what started it for me, as is often the case, uh, was my brother had died. Um, and I was never, I always considered myself a Christian, but I never took it very seriously. Uh, and so, and my brother was my best friend. I didn't have a lot of friends, so he was mm -hmm. really my only friend. Yeah. Uh, and so when he passed, it, it left a gaping hole in my life. And I just was so very lost after that. Or should I say that allowed me to see <laughs> that I was yeah. already very lost, right? Um, and so I remember it. Um, the thought occurred to me. I said, well, you know, I feel like I just need answers. Um, and people call the Bible the word of God. So maybe... God can speak to me through the Bible. And so I asked my mother, do we have a Bible anywhere around here? And she said, yes, there's one. So I don't remember where she said it was, but I found it. I started flipping through it and I began to notice some inconsistencies with what I was reading in the Bible and what I saw in churches. And I, I was reading through the book of Acts. I was reading things that Jesus had said. Um, and I was reading things in the epistles and I remember distinctly reading about Christ, and I was saying to myself, this is not the Jesus that was taught to me. He's completely different from wow. what I was taught. Um, and I would read the things that Paul would say, and I would say, why is it that the um, Christ himself, the founders of the early church, and then in the book of Acts, the actual function of the church are all completely different from what I see today? Um, and so I, I remember I prayed to the Lord and said, God, if the church that you established still exists, please lead me to it. And if it does not, then let's start it <laughs> or yeah. should reestablish it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, thankfully, it, I was already there. <laughs> so long story short, um, I spent a lot of time praying. A lot of people are convinced of their ideologies. And so I prayed, Lord, I don't want to be convinced. I want to know. I want you to lead me to it, because if you lead me to it, there is no question about it. Um, yeah. And over process of time, the Lord led me to um, to the apostolic church. Uh, the first apostolic church I went to was Brother Dobbs Church. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where all that started. Um, and then from there, uh, we had to move to Michigan again, which is where I was from to begin with, but uh, Brother Dobbs, <clears throat> upon finding out that we had to leave, uh, found an apostolic church in Michigan, um, and then it was Pastor Green, that, uh, which was my pastor at the time in Michigan, mm -hmm. um, suggested that I go to Bible college, and I prayed about it, and uh, I felt like it was a no, but more like a not yet. Uh, and yeah. the time came for me to go. And I think the reason, actually, which ties into our relationship, uh, that it was a no at that point in time was because <clears throat> I was supposed to be with the class that I was with. I was supposed mm. to form the connections that I formed yeah. uh, going at that time. Yeah, that's a big deal. That makes me think, too, um, a little detail I remember of how kind of how we were connected like this is probably probably the first conversation that I remember us having was um, it would have been I th let me think I think it would have been your junior year and the end of my sophomore year and uh, because it was it was the actually it was the very end of the year and Jameeth had me speak for uh, a Friday Chapel if you remember that and and I, I spoke about uh, I spoke about being sons of God and, and the father and doing what the father said and just that, that whole kind of sonship thing. Right. And I remember <clears throat> I, we were right outside of the, the, uh, college office and you came up to me and I remember you were like, you're like, dude, <laughs> a lot of this, you're like a lot of that stuff, man. It sounded so familiar to, to things that one of my pastors used to say. Right. And you were like, 
and then you mentioned it like in passing like thinking you know i probably wouldn't know who it was i and you mentioned you know brother dobbs and i was like yeah <laughs> i i know him you know right. i've i've been exposed recently to uh to some of his ministry and so that was uh, at least for me i don't know maybe you had another uh memory but that for me that was like the first memory of of us really getting connected and then sort of starting that uh i guess you could say that journey <laughs> together and because then the next year you know was so much of of uh walking in that flow together and learning uh, it, there's so many things like in that next year that that I learned that I can't even really you know put my finger on and and necessarily like spell out exactly but I realized like man the way that we waited on the Lord so much that year and uh man we would just run into each other and this kind of goes back to the to the dorm thing where sometimes you just come through my room and conversation would just spark but a lot of times uh, we would just run into each other, you know, right. around the campus and be like, where are you going? Nowhere, really. I was just walking, you know. Right. We'd run into each other and have like a 30-minute or, you know, hour-long conversation that was just like in the flow, uh, kind of where the term, I guess, started from, for us at least. And it, what's super cool about that is, I don't know if I've told you this, but uh, in the following year, after, once you were gone, and then I felt like I wasn't there by myself, but I was there. Uh, and then this same thing really started to happen and blossom with um, some other people, Andre being one of them. You know, we'd just, we'd run into each other along the campus and same thing and be like, where are you going? Uh, nowhere really. <laughs> and just have a conversation that was, you know, so in the Holy Ghost and encouraging and edifying. And, and then we'd both usually you know, go to the prayer room. So <laughs> anyway, but, um, uh, I, second question I, I have for you because, uh, you talked about sort of the timing of, of the Lord and him, you know, it being, being the direction of, or the directing of your pastor, but then the timing of the Lord being important, uh, which I, I, I mean, I'd have to agree with, you know, because we could have, even just for me, we could have, you know, not crossed paths and, uh, that would have been, that would have been sad. But, uh, can, can you talk a little bit about like once you were at school and your, uh, your personal path of, of walking in the spirit and what that, what that development looked like for you? So, um, like my personal path of what do you mean exactly? So like how you, because uh, you know we talk a lot about um, the whole sonship thing and, and being obedient to the Father and uh, those terms that maybe are familiar to a lot of people, but but the actual application of and right. living them out may not be as familiar to people, and so like for you in those in that because I I mean maybe it started sooner for you, but in that following year of school your senior year and then um my junior year when for me it felt like it happened together in a lot of ways just talking about that like how 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 the lord kind of led you uh into that stuff well um i had just gone through a very crushing um situation in my life um and I had, I had to make a decision because it was something that I didn't understand, um, and the Lord would not allow me to understand. He wanted me to yeah. choose to trust first. Um, and so I had to make a decision. There wasn't a lot of emotion involved in, this, in the decision. It was just raw choice. Hmm. Um, do I choose to trust God in spite of... Um, these things that have happened and the fact that I have no idea why they happened and um, what have you, I have no explanation, or do I choose to walk away? And thankfully, I chose to uh, trust the Lord. And on the other side of that decision, well, there are a lot of blessings. Um, one of the first things uh, that the Lord really helped me to understand, and it's a principle, like you said, that we all know in our minds, 
but then it's another thing when the Lord reveals the depth of it to your spirit, right? Right, right. Um, I was laying there, I remember it very vividly, and um, the revelation of this principle just came to me like, I don't own anything. Nothing that I claim to possess actually belongs to me. So the Lord began to deal with me first about slaveship before I ever got to sonship. Right. Um, he began to help me to understand that my life is not my own. It, I was rightfully purchased by the blood of Christ. Um, right. And so I, my time, my thoughts, my words, none of them actually belong to me. And they rightfully belong to the Lord and I need to surrender them to the Lord. Because even though he has rightful ownership doesn't mean that he will force these things. He wants uh, a willing relationship, right? Right. Um, and so the Lord began to prompt me to give a lot of things to other people um, mm. <laughs> in order to help me. And I don't think that's the case throughout our entire lives that we're often sure. that we're always doing that. He just wanted to establish and teach to me very clearly that we're to be a vessel for resources, whether they're physical or spiritual, to flow through. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a season. And then the Lord began to deal with me more on uh, principles of sonship. Um, and so where it started with me was that understanding that nothing, uh, nothing belongs to me. Um, and then I began to, uh, really be more intentional about dying out to my flesh, being sensitive to the voice of God. If you don't allow yourself to have enough time of prayer to grow in sensitivity to his voice, how are you supposed to be spirit led if you mm. can't, if you're not sensitive enough to um, discern his voice or feel the leading, right? Yeah, that's um, good. So that's, to answer your question, that's where it all began for me, mm -hmm. um, was that that moment, that defining moment. Yeah, so the the defining moment kind of being the, the crossroads of, you know, a, a difficult situation where you had to get the revelation, right, that everything, everything belonged to, belonged to him. Right. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I remember that, that season. Um, <laughs> I remember a service where, where you spoke and, uh, it was, it was just really cool time because, uh, the love of God was, was really being, you know, just portrayed through a lot of this ministry. And I remember you, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember you like, who wants this <laughs> tie clip or something like that. And, and everyone was kind of confused for a second, you know, and then you also gave, uh, or did the same thing with like your suit jacket. And, uh, I think you said afterwards, the, the individual who, who like you gave the suit jacket to was like, here's your, here's your jacket back, you know, <laughs> but not realizing, but, but yeah, that was a, that was a really cool, uh, cool season for sure to, to witness and be a part of. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, uh, cause that's, that's for sure a big, big step that, uh, I think again, like you said, we, we may know, uh, in knowledge that everything belongs to God, but in practice, we we're not really there yet for a lot of us. Um, and so what was the, what was the next thing? Cause, cause kind of what I'm getting to is, is that season where, uh, whether it was a couple weeks or, or a month, I can't remember, but where literally almost every step you were taking was, was like directed by, by God, you know, you would, uh, you would walk to work, uh, and this is something I remember brother Dobbs talking about too later that year, cause you guys were talking and how you would, you know, you'd even walk to work. So you'd have more opportunity to, to run into people and, and talk to people. So, uh, how did, how'd that, that part start for you? So, um, well that, that was an outgrowth of the understanding that, uh, not only do the physical objects, that we claim to possess not belong to us, but our thoughts and actions and words don't either. They mm. also should be submitted to the Lord. And so I began looking for um, opportunities and uh, places in my life where they, uh, my time and my actions and words could be um, better applied to uh, the Lord and kingdom things. Yeah. Um, but more than that, not just trying to do more things, for the Lord, but really submitting um, 
my time and these things to the Lord so that he can do what he wants with them. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big part of that. So during conversations and things, I would be talking to people and I would be listening to them, but also I would be listening for the voice of the Lord. Um, and he would be speaking through me and um, essentially anointing everyday conversations. And right. what a lot of people, I think, don't understand, what I didn't understand prior to this, was that the anointing of the Spirit is for more than just a church service, preaching, Bible studies, these types of things. The flow of the Holy right. Ghost, if we will give it to the Lord, is for everyday things. Right. And if you read a lot of the elders that write about walking in the Spirit and walking in the miraculous... Almost all of them have this one thing in common is they will always say God works in the mundane. They will always say constantly be praying about every little thing. Um, and one thing I have to say this too, Russell said that Russell was my roommate for anybody that doesn't know that. Uh, mm -hmm. He was my roommate for a while and uh, one of my best friends. And he said to me one time uh, in the Holy Ghost, I believe, because it's always stuck with me. He said, the Lord will use whatever you give him. Mm. And so I made up in my mind, at, that was before all of this, but uh, the Lord reminded me of that. It's like, well, Lord, I'm going to give you everything so that you can use everything. Mm. Um, so an everyday conversation, and but that doesn't mean that every conversation needs to turn into a Bible study. Right. right? God's anointing can be on your sense of humor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> God's That's anointing good. can be upon just we can just his presence being there makes makes a huge difference. It doesn't always have to be now like the Shema says, right? We should always be talking about uh the law of the Lord, which of course for us is just the scripture in general, I think would would be the application, but mm -hmm. um but anyway, so that's to answer your question, that was uh that was kind of how it progressed. I was I was trying to be very intentional about um allowing the flow of the Holy Ghost to always be active, never turn the faucet off, right? Yeah, after after yeah. service is over, um, or after prayer time, right, is over, prayer does not end for me. Right, right. I have to always remain in communication with God. That's good. Yeah, no, I, and I remember that being a, uh, I guess you could say a theme. I, I remember it was at least a theme in our conversation multiple times and something I think I... I mentioned throughout the year, but, uh, cause it's one of those, one of those religious tradition words and or phrases that we use in a service where, uh, you know, whether it's opening prayer or middle prayer or whatever you want to call it, when someone will get up there, you know, and say, uh, come on, let's, let's get into the flow of the spirit or let's, let's connect with God. That was another big one that I remember we, we would talk about and, and it brought the question of, wait a second, why are we, why are we needing to connect with God to start every service, you know? Right. And why are we not just connected with him every day? Oh man, I went really out of focus there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's the devil, not <laughs> interference <laughs> of the enemy. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, and I remember for, for me, that was a big learning curve of even things that I caught myself saying and i was like wait a second <laughs> something's wrong here if i'm having to if i'm having to connect with god at the beginning of every service because it, it kind of became an indictment to me in realizing okay if i'm having to connect with him at the beginning of every service then most likely i'm disconnecting from him <laughs> right. more often than i should be and if i'm disconnecting with him I'm walking more so in in my own will and which that's iniquity, you know, and iniquity is is sin. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the big thing and maybe something you can talk about as well uh maybe how you navigated because I remember the the question coming up uh as we navigated or, or meandered through right. this, which, which we can talk about that in a second as well. But I remember that question coming up of, of like, wow, if, if I get to this point of, of walking with God and, and, and servanthood and then sonship to the point of total self-denial and total just surrender, mm -hmm. then, then is like 
the majority walking in sin, right? If if mm-hmm. right. if this total surrender and connection to God is is how it should be, and then the rest is iniquity, how's anyone going to make it, <laughs> right? And I remember I remember that question coming up, uh, and so I can't I I, I don't rem- really remember the exact. Uh, place that we arrived at so i'll sort of put you on the spot for uh what you what we came the i guess the conclusion or whatever we came to with that uh with that sort of difficult question so right so iniquity simply means self-will lawlessness um you're going about your life doing whatever you want to do yeah um and of course, scripturally, we understand that we ought to walk according to the will of the Lord. We all understand that, but to what degree, right? Yeah. Um, the conclusion that we were coming to, and I believe what the Lord was showing us. And the thing is, Brother Dobbs, we've talked about him. That was the first apostolic church I went to. All of these things were taught in that church, but none of them were really, I had forgotten all of it. And God. I think uh, to, to a great extent, um, I never really completely was sold out to that idea. Right. Um, so this wasn't just because it was taught to me. It was taught to me, but the Lord had to really reveal it to me later on. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and it was then that the Lord reminded me, you, you, you've been exposed to this before. That yeah. this, uh, but anyway, so to the extent of surrender, what is the extent of surrender that's required of us? Well, I think um, that is an important question for theological reasons. Um, who's going to make it? Who's not? Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but the biggest thing is, of course, um, Scripture tells us not to necessarily try to judge who's made it or who hasn't. Right. Um, and we also understand that the Lord is a gracious God um, and things of that nature. But, of course, there are certain things you just simply there are hard, fast things in scripture. You must be filled with the Holy spirit evidence by speaking in tongues. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, you have to repent and you have to live a holy life and a surrendered life to the Lord. Um, <clears throat> the extent at which we ought to be surrendered to the Lord, um, simply for the effectiveness of the church in reaching the lost for the quality of our relationship with the Lord. Um, I think that's, the question we ought to be asking at that point, I think mm. once you start getting to these depths of surrender to the Lord, we're not as concerned with, I don't want to go to hell. We're more so concerned with, I want to walk more closely with the Lord. I want to get the most out of this foretaste of heaven that I can here on earth. Does that make mm. sense? Because mm-hmm. the Holy Ghost is essentially a down payment on what we are to receive in full right. in heaven. Exactly. Uh, Mm -hmm. So to a great extent, we can live out heaven here on earth. Um, And so at this point, we're we're looking more at that, aren't we? Um, Yeah, yeah. So to the question of who's saved, who's not in that regard, I don't think... (laughs) uh, I don't think we're the judge of that, but I also think um, we ought to be uh, trying to be as surrendered to the Lord as we possibly can. Yeah, yeah. Well, and um, it makes me think of because uh, you mentioned. I already forgot how, how exactly you just said it, but but uh, pretty much manifesting the the heaven that is to come that we're mm-hmm. going to have and obtain, or the kingdom, right? That, that that is to come, manifesting that here on earth, and it it takes me to. I think this is actually even the the chapter that I used to minister from for that that uh, service when where we connected afterwards and it's uh matthew chapter six you know one that we probably talked about a bunch and it sort of goes back as well because i think i think sometimes for for this level of of walking in the spirit uh i I think there's a lot more people that that desire this than we realize yeah definitely you know and um but unfortunately, I, I, either the issue is they don't know how to get there or, or we just want a shortcut <laughs> to get there, right? We, we want the, it's like the old, it's like the old saying that we want the power without 
the altar or mm -hmm. we want the we want the giftings and all those things without the sacrifice and surrender like you're saying uh but it it goes back to something you mentioned earlier too when you were when you were walking in the spirit and learning a lot of these things and and you'd be having those com those everyday conversations but in order to in order to flow in the Holy Ghost and and turn those everyday conversations into anointed conversations, it required a level of of sensitivity, mm -hmm. and uh, and you said it too that that sensitivity came through came through prayer came through, you know I know how often uh, you spent in in prayer during that that year and. Uh, we'd you know cross paths a lot, and we'd meet. It kind of became our pattern on on Fridays. We I think we both either didn't have class Friday morning, or or we both just had a while, and so we would we would meet together for a while before the Friday chapel. And uh, sometimes we'd end up talking, but a lot of times we'd just both get engaged with the Holy Ghost and be connected that way. But um, I think really it all goes it all kind of goes back to to prayer and like Matthew chapter six talks about, um, and I'll just kind of for the sake of it, read a couple verses here. Uh, and this is the model of prayer that Jesus is teaching the, the disciples and six verse five, he says, when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. But assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. Uh, and I actually, I talked about this, uh, last week on, on my, uh, Monday minute, little, little episode about having a secret place. Uh, because then a few verses later, it talks about, he says, verse eight, he says, therefore do not, do not be like them for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. This is kind of a big, big thing we learned too. Uh, and then he goes on and says in this manner, therefore pray, which, which shows that this is not just a, a script for prayer, but it's a, it's a pattern for prayer that, that, uh, has elements and principles we should apply. And he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it already is, or as it is in heaven. Right. Um, and then of course goes on and, and then the end of that, the end of that chapter he kind of circles back and, and goes on to talking about, don't worry about your life. <laughs> don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. And, uh, so it's really, it's that, it's that place of, of surrender and realizing, okay, these, these kingdom things that that are already established and already done in heaven, they really can be established here, here on earth. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And what would you say, like, f for me, I, f I feel like that, that revelation, uh, comes th through, through the beginning of, of the Lord's pattern for prayer in realizing that he's our father. Um, you know, he starts with saying our father in heaven. And I think, I think that's such a big key is getting to that point and level of, of relationship and prayer that we know that this is beyond now this is beyond a God that's, yes, he's outside of all time and space and he's, he's infinite, he's omnipotent, but he's also personal. Yeah. <laughs> he's also our father. And so, uh, talk about, I know it's kind of really open-ended, but, uh, if you have sort of a response to that and talking about, uh, I guess for you, how you went from, cause you mentioned as well, the, the revelation of first servanthood yeah. and if you could talk about how you went from from that revelation of obedience and servanthood and being surrendered to then the revelation of of sonship so um i think oftentimes for the servant or the slave they're doing things for their master um sonship is kind of moving forward to I, we're doing this together. I'm doing this with mm. you. Yeah. Um, 
And I, it's in Mark. I'm not sure which verse it is, but um, it talks about how the disciples went forth. Um, they were performing miracles and doing, basically doing the church. It's a quick synopsis of what happened in the book yeah. of Acts, right? Yeah. Um, and it says the Lord working with them, mm. right? And so that's an important statement, I think, because we'll do things for him, but are we doing things with him, mm. right? That's good. Um, so that was a big thing for me. And oh, understanding, getting beyond the mechanics of it, right? Beyond mm-hmm. just I'm doing this because I'm supposed to. To I'm doing this because this pleases my father. Again, moving right. past the what's what's necessary. What do I have to do? Mm-hmm. I remember way back. Um, for me, it's way back anyway. I guess it's not really that long ago. But um, in reference to the timeline of me walking with the Lord. Um, sure. Back when uh, my pastor, right now it's Pastor Adam Vinoy, but uh, back when Pastor Steve Green was my pastor, um, I was asking him about secular music. And I said, mm. Pastor, what um, is it okay to listen to secular music as long as it's not explicitly uh, promoting sin or it doesn't yeah. have any bad words in it and things of that nature? Of course, now I realize that that's... Um, I know the answer to that question, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, At first, he answered, "I think it's okay as long as you know, da da da, um, as long as it's like instrumental or it doesn't have anything like that, what what have you." Um, But then he texted me back shortly after that and said, "Just just ask yourself, um, is this music going to be pleasing to God?" And I remember the immediate thought that came to my mind when he said that was, well, I'm not really concerned with necessarily pleasing God. I'm more concerned with, is this okay? Will he accept this? Right? And obviously, (laughs) that's a ridiculous thought. I wouldn't have actively thought that, but that thought came to my mind. And then I, I caught it, and I was like, wow. That is not the right way to think. A lot of us will approach our walk with God this way. What can I get away with yeah. and still hmm. make it to heaven? Yeah. Not <laughs> how can I really enjoy because your relationship with God is something to be enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be. Um, but the thing is, we're uncomfortable in the presence of somebody that w- we tend to gravitate towards people that are like us to an extent. <laughs> Um, Those are the people that we can get the closest to. We can be friendly with and love everyone, but the people that are, that we have a lot of similarities with, we'll get the closest to. And it's like that with the Lord. As we draw nearer to him, the more like him we become. Um, and the more we will enjoy our prayer Mm. time. It's not something we have to do. It's not something we're watching the clock and it's like, I got to get my hour in. It's something that we can't wait to get away from other things sometimes just so that we can get to prayer. (laughs) Um, But what that takes is consecration and it takes sensitivity. I mean, we, again, getting away from necessity and just looking at, like Paul said, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are beneficial. Expedient. Yeah. You, you look at, um, uh, fasting. Well, God rewarded that person because they fasted for this many days. No, no, I mean, in a sense, you could see it that way, but in in that person's mind, probably, um, they're not fasting to get a reward from the Lord. They're fasting because they're doing, um, they're fasting for the sensitivity. They're fasting for, I don't, like, we're not fasting to get God to give us something. We're fasting because we want to be closer to the Lord. Like we want to be able to hear his voice and and feel the spirit Mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. And simply fasting and prayer is how you open that door. (laughs) Yeah. If that makes sense. No, for sure. Yeah. And that's, I think that's so true. Like, uh, how to say it going back to going back to Matthew, uh, chapter six. No, I flipped away from there. Uh, and I think I mentioned this last week as well in, in my little little episode, but uh, w- when he talks about, you know, entering into your, your closet or your secret place right. for prayer, because then in that place, the, the father who sees in secret is, is going to reward you openly. Yes. And I think I made this statement, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome knowing, because I believe, you know, that's a promise right there. Yeah. Like that's a promise in scripture. We can we can hold on to and know that 
our prayers not in vain because there's reward just like just like Hebrews 11 talks about uh, how how there's going to be reward for those that diligently seek him but again, it goes goes to motive. My something my dad's been talking a lot about, and me and him, is is like our motive, because I I think if our motive is is only to to get our name in lights or to preach this conference or or to get whatever the reward is from God, if that's our motive for for prayer, um, I mean he's bound by his word to to do that. But uh, there's definitely a disconnect there from from the place that he he really wants to have us at, you know, and know us. And uh, and this may be another kind of step and level that that uh, you learned that you can maybe talk about. But something I've been seeing recently, and it's 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 one of those. It's probably the the one thing that God deals with me about the most that. Anytime I think I have it even a little bit figured out, he it's like a whole new lesson starts again. Uh, and that is, that's regarding um, humility. <laughs> and I, I, hopefully I'm not the only one who, who that's the case for. But uh, man, I remember, I can remember like so many key and specific lessons that the Lord has dealt with me about, uh, about humility. Uh, and, and this is sort of another like thread that, uh, I, I've had some conversations with people about, but when it comes to like the mind of Christ and what the mind of Christ is, because it's, it's, it's kind of connected with all this. It's, you're not going to get the mind of Christ without spending this time with him, without having that secret place with him, you know, and, and knowing what his thoughts are. Uh, but even beyond knowing what his thoughts are, it's 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 even it's bigger. It's because it's sort of like a uh, it's it's like a state of being. Uh, the mind of Christ is because uh, Philippians two and five says, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation." Or I think another translation says he he emptied himself. Mm-hmm making himself of no reputation and taking the form of and here it is taking the form of a bond servant right. and becoming in or coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross uh and this for me i of course it's it's familiar scripture probably for most but Man, for me, this it just hit me the other day of how, again, the the vastness and the the greatness of God, how that He could be a God that's all powerful, all knowing, but also be a God who's who's humble, <laughs> you know, humble Himself before us as as humanity. And I think of the Psalm that says, "Who is man that that you are mindful of me?" And you know the son of man, and, um, and so for I, I realize I'm sort of just like talking open endedly and then putting you on the spot. But for you uh, and this this walk of this apostolic walk and and these revelations you've kind of come to, can you talk about uh, the way that humility? plays into that for you in in a way of because you talked about you know realizing that not anything is is your own uh nothing belongs to you so maybe if you can talk about how that's applied continually still uh in in everyday life that that type of surrender and humility well um i think humility goes both ways right um we've that's something that a lot of people have heard. Um, is that uh, how do I, how do I want to word it? Um, it's it can be pride to think more of yourself, and it can be pride to think less of yourself. Yeah. Than what it's humility is. What does God say about me? And choosing to trust that um, mm. because God was angered with Moses when he yeah. said, "No, Lord." I can't do what you're asking me to do because I have this disability. 
somebody else would call that humility. I think God called that pride. He didn't say that. That's right. But the scripture says he was angry. Why was he angry? Because you are exalting your weakness over me. Yeah. Disqualifying yourself. Yes. Whereas Paul had the revelation, my weakness is what you work through. Mm. in your strength right what uh your strength is made perfect in my weakness it's matured through my weakness Mm. um so when we're talking about humility um a lot of the time people mistake that for um i'm trying to think of a good word for this um i can't think of one though so i'll just have to say people will mistake thinking less of yourself than what you truly are as humble yeah, um, but it false isn't. humility. False humility. Yeah. Um. So humility. How did I learn? How did you were asking how how is humility working in my life today? Was that? Yeah, that works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's um for me. I tend to, and I think a lot of people will uh, lean towards one or the other. I've had to deal with humi- um with arrogance or pride in both ends of the spectrum. Cause for mm-hmm. one thing as men, I think we deal with it. Uh, all of us do some more than others, but for me, I usually, I can, I've dealt with both, but for the most part, I'll default to thinking less of myself. Right. Um, and I've come to realize a lot of the time, the reason that I'll do that, right. Because, um, is the, it's the flesh obviously. Um, but a lot of the time, the reason my uh, my mind and my flesh will take that route is it takes the pressure off in a sense. Mm. Um, yeah. it make, it's, if you continue to talk about what a worm you are and how you're uniquely terrible to everybody else, yeah. then you don't have to accept responsibility for things. You're just awful. <laughs> mm. that's, that's so true. Of course I messed that up because it's mm. me. <laughs> wow. Um, or... It also takes the pressure off to have to try because you automatically assume you will fail. Mm. Um, So we've got to be careful for that end as well. So I've had to be very careful, one, to remain in the Holy Ghost because if we're walking in the Spirit, uh, the influences of the flesh will be under subjection to the Spirit. But also to allow myself to be transformed by the renewing of my mind through the Word. Allow the lies and the um, false mentalities that come from my flesh and my thoughts to be brought under subjection to what the Word of God clearly says about me um, and about us as the church. And, of course, the prophecies, like the Scripture said, uh, Paul's talking to Timothy, war, a good warfare with the prophecies that have been spoken over you. Mm. We've got to do that. Sometimes we'll receive a word, and that's a weapon in our hands. Yeah. Um, if the enemy comes with something contrary, we can shut that down, say, no, this is what God said. Yeah, yeah that's really good. And it's it's kind of funny because uh, the the Monday minute that I just did yesterday was briefly about um, feeling unqualified. And uh, and I definitely I can relate to that, too. And uh even a, a, another lesson regarding humility that I learned was was with the Lord used the life of Saul and then Moses and Moses's excuse of not being able to speak. He used both those scenarios to uh, to speak to me a lot and realize like, wait a second, you're disqualifying yourself, but you're a vessel that I've made, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and so, so I want to. <laughs> kind of wrap wrap this up it's i realize we could talk we could talk for a while and i just checked it's already been like 50 minutes oh. um which i was like man i thought it was like 15 but um you know this is something we talked about yesterday wanting to incorporate in in this episode and and that is because for both of us we're now you know not in bible school mm-hmm. we're not in that uh environment that is well, kind of backtracking, we're not in this this environment that we put a whole lot of stock in, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we've talked about this, how we put a lot of emphasis on the environment itself there there at Bible school, which is great, you know, I'm thankful for being able to live in that environment, but now, you know, now it's in a lot of ways just us, uh, you know, some are more 
blessed, you could say, than others with better environments uh, at home. But we can't, you know, we can't compare circumstances in in that way uh, because it's it's the word of God that we're going to be mm-hmm. judged by. And so, uh, if you would speak to kind of where you're at and to where many may be who maybe have never went to Bible school um, or those who are not in Bible school anymore. And especially with this season of, of COVID and uh, quarantine and a lot of social separation and, and, and uh, you know, maybe different anxieties that have come with that. Uh, I know for me, I've, uh, there's been days when I've, I've just kind of sat there and felt like, man, I would love to just be at Bible school again, where I was around, you know, 20 and 30 good friends and just hang out. But, but that's not where, uh, where we're at. And so if, if you could kind of in closing, talk about how, how you, I don't know how to word the question, but, um, applying applying all these principles that we've spoken about and the surrender and the humility and applying that to to life today with with the circumstances of uh, real life so to speak you know mm-hmm. having having to work a job having to be in the secular world in a lot of ways and also sort of create your own environment uh, of prayer and uh consecration um how how do you how do you maintain that that level of of prayer and consecration and uh, what does that look like for you well uh the environment is important obviously it has a it has a very profound effect um on you and sure. how easily uh you're able to live out these principles um, you can live this way, and I think um, sometimes I'll, I'll um, make excuses with my environment, um, say, okay, well, but then you look at uh, the, this, the God always convicts me with this one example, uh, Daniel's example. He, he was, he remained so very true to the, to the principles of God and to the law of the Lord and to his walk with God in the absolute least ideal environment possible. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. And he didn't even have the Holy Ghost, hmm. right? So um, one thing that I learned is that um, CLC was a wonderful season, a wonderful environment, like you said. Um, but we were, in, we were so very blessed by the consecration and the walk of other people. Yeah. Um, Pastor Haney probably, pray, probably fasts more than he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, literally. But, You've got Pastor Haney, but then you've got many, 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 many other very, very um, anointed, high-quality men and women of God there that their prayers and their fastings and things um, are blessing the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, something that the Lord's been dealing with me about lately is that we're a body. We're, the church is a body of, of, of believers, and anything that we do, positive or negative, will affect the rest of the body. Right, um, right. In the in a spiritual sense, because we are all connected in that way, and so that environment, that body, right, that body of believers, um, had so much positive influence flowing at all times from all of those people. Yeah, it was very, very easy, uh, comparatively. Whereas now we're back to our churches. They're smaller churches. We have less people praying. We have less people uh, doing those things. And there are less people that are fasting and praying and consecrating at that level. Um, so what do we do? Well, what we, what's incumbent upon us as people that were in that environment and have seen those examples is to take those examples and not be intimidated by them but be challenged by them and say, yeah. okay, now what I need to do what is incumbent upon me to do is to assume that calling in my life is to assume that, uh, well, not assume that calling. You don't just make your own calling, but (laughs) I think there's a level of responsibility that's upon us after having been exposed to that. And I believe that that God has imparted a great deal of that within us. Okay. Now what you need to do is go to your respective churches and allow your walk with God, right? 
we because th- we're thinking we're gonna go. They say we're gonna turn the world upside down. Well, that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna be preaching or teaching or actively doing the things that come to our mind. The absolute most profound effect that you can have on your church is your consecration and your prayer life, because mm. that will affect the people without them ever even knowing that you're yeah. part of the reason that that happened. Right. Simply prayer, fasting. Um, in excess, <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. will absolutely um, cause great things to take place in the church. And then, well, then you say, so that's uh, all the pressure is on me. It isn't, because as you go deeper and deeper and deeper, and allow that uh, influence to touch the church, then other people are going to start being touched by that, and other people are going to start praying more and fasting more. You never had to preach a message. You never had to say a word to anybody. But just by living that out, um, those those heavenly things are being released in greater greater measure into the entire body. Does that that all jive? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we create the environment. God, mm-hmm. Well, God creates the environment, but we're the vessels through which God does that. Right. No, that's so good. That's so true. I think. Uh, I think for me, even personally, it's it's easy to get discouraged. You mentioned, you know, the size of congregation. Right. Uh, de- definitely CLC. I mean, probably one of the biggest churches. Not probably. Definitely one of the biggest churches in in uh, our movement, our organization, and. Uh, even just the numbers, you know, it's, we're a, uh, people that's, I mean, we're natural beings We're it, it's easy for us to focus on what we see in the natural. Yeah. And, um, and that's something I, the Lord's been dealing with me about as well, the body and my, just in the recent months, my dad's been ministering about the body a lot. Um, but what I've been being dealt with about is, is what's actually real. What is, what's, what's actually the reality um, because the numbers that we see in our congregations, uh, our respective congregations may not be the reality. It's, I don't believe it is the reality of, of how God is working uh-huh, in our areas. Exactly. You know, we can't see every day the, the reach of his hand cause his hand is not short. His arms, not slack that, that reaches into where, where I'm at reaches into the valleys and, um, affects and touches people. And uh, regarding the body, something my dad's been speaking about recently in the book of Acts is is house churches and how, especially in this season of time with um, all the health stuff <laughs> and uh, house churches and being apostolic in that way of, of letting the flow of the Holy Ghost flow from more than one location of just the church house, but flowing from all of our personal houses is man so important and i think that's that's so good that we need to i know for me i need to uh catch that responsibility in a in a greater way but um let's see what time is it 11:30 man well appreciate uh so much you you coming on justin we uh like I said at the beginning, really good friend of mine, and appreciate you and uh, your your influence on on me and being connected in the body. And uh, thankful that even though distance and miles separate us, we are still able to be connected in the spirit and uh, virtually. <laughs> and so I uh, I pray that this conversation would would bless many listeners today and whenever this is shared uh any last words of anything that you want to say in closing yes i want to talk about my first impression of joel hart (laughs) (laughs) when you first came to clc i was not a fan of you oh yeah (laughs) you remember us talking about this or did i ever tell you this i i think briefly but remind me. <laughs> so I remember this. It's so funny. Russell, you and Russell were friends before you, uh, me and you were. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, but I remember my very first impression of you was we were in the student center. We were sitting at a table and I was playing music for some reason. Oh, because I had just gotten this new speaker and I loved it. 
and um, I was playing this music, and you said, um, "Man, what that? What what is this? It sounds like it's something a middle-aged woman would listen to." <laughs> <laughs> well, Who are you? <laughs> that's funny. Why? Yeah. That's anyway. so funny. Yeah, well, it was funny. But my, anyway, my uh, yeah. my apologies. <laughs> oh no, you're good. Obviously, that's that does not offend me now. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought that was funny. How that was our. That was our first interaction, and that's then funny. God brought it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I feel like I have a lot of stories like that where something you know stupid I said in the in the beginning with some relationship with someone started it started things off on the wrong foot, and I didn't even realize it, you know. And then down the road, the we Lord all do that. Though. Had to, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're all just humans. <laughs> in need of the lord cool well appreciate it man gonna uh end the recording now but thank you once again for joining me we're gonna have to gonna definitely have to do this in person sometime oh yeah sometime soon lord willing so but have a great rest of your day and to everyone listening uh take these principles and don't just don't just take any of our words for them but uh like justin said in the beginning when he was kind of coming back to the lord or coming to the lord he he was searching the scripture and seeing that the life he was living in the way that the church was was not what lined up with with the word of god and so i would challenge anyone listening to uh not just take these words that may be of inspiration and take them at, take them just at face value and then go to the word of God search it out for yourself and let it go from being head knowledge to something that you get into your spirit uh, that God would reveal to you personally uh, because he definitely will do that so have a blessed rest of your your day your week and uh, we will see you on the next episode.